Welcome to Sausage on a Fork, a podcast dedicated to the UK's longest-running children's drama programme, Strange Hill. My name's Neil, and in each episode, I'll interview a former cast member about their life before, during, and after their time on the programme. Welcome to our next episode of Sausage on a Fork. Um, It gives me a great pleasure to introduce the guest for this episode to you. It is Lee Spark, who plays my favourite character ever in Grange Hill, uh, Jonah Jones. So, Lee, welcome to Sausage on a Fork. Hello, mate. How are you? You good? All good, thank you. You? Yeah, I'm all right now that I've found out that I'm your most favourite character ever. <laughs> yeah, I'm stoked. Well, that's excellent. Excellent. Right then, um, let's let, let's get straight on, on with it then. So, um if you can explain right before your time on, on Green Jail, how did you get into acting? How did all that start for you? Um, Sylvia Young, um, her stage school originally was uh, literally a hall in Wanstead. Um, and my cousin saw an advert in a paper that basically said looking for cheeky kids to do sort of acting classes. So my cousin saw that. Me and my brother started going to a few classes. And it was not really acting classes. It was just sort of... It was almost like play. I think I was only about five or six or something. And it was just like a laugh, right? There's lots of people you do a bit of play acting and, you know, it was sort of more fun than anything else and not really meant to be anything other than, you know, just a local community sort of feel vibe, you know, not, you know, didn't ever think we were going to start doing TV shows. So did you, what, did you get much acting work before you started that? Well, no, we sort of went to the classes and then because the the idea of the classes were to set you up on auditions, then Sylvie's team would then, you know, say, oh, you've got a McDonald's advert, go up to, you know, you go and do these castings. Right. And basically it's it's pretty weird because, you know, some of the castings you go for, it's an advert, it's like a three seconds on screen and they want you to do like a Shakespeare soliloquy um, in the audition. You sort of go, I thought this was for Jack of Potatoes or, you know, it's, it was quite, it was quite, you could see how people who haven't been lucky and don't get many jobs would go, I don't think this is the career for me. Right. Because it, it's, yeah. it's, it could be really soul destroying to keep, you know, going up the West End, you know, giving your heart and soul for a 30 second, um, <laughs> you know, advert. So, yeah. Yes, but I was quite lucky because I ended up, sometimes it's just a look, you know, and if you've yeah. got a sort of look that they're interested in at a certain period, you can you sort of you can sort of luck into a lot of adverts. So I did quite a few between sort of, when I was sort of five, up until I sort of got a grand deal, really. Right, okay. Did you get to work with anyone, any big names, any famous people before before you were on Grand Jill? Was there anyone who you thought, wow, I'm working with them? Or... I did a thing called Thomas and Sarah, um, and that's for Yorkshire Telly. But when you're young, you know, that whole, you, you're sort of a bit clueless. Right. So you don't really, you know. So I saw, I remember going, I did a Penguin Biscuit advert in um, <laughs> in Scotland. And we right. went up to Scotland to film it, but we went up by train. And Tom Baker was on the train. Wow. Which was like, Doctor Who's on the train. This is like <laughs> mind-blowing. So I remember meeting him, but that had nothing to do. Just by pure luck, <laughs> yeah. going to Scotland anyway. But, you know, those things sort of stick in your memory, you know. Yeah. So then... You've done all your acting, you've done all these adverts. The McDonald's one is one that I think a few people remember. Did you have to eat many burgers for that advert? Yeah, mate. It's like literally by the end of it, you're done. It's like I don't want to eat another <laughs> hamburger. 
But then they give you a massive bags full of it to take home with you because it, that was filmed on Shaftesbury Avenue, like the McDonald's right. there. It's like a proper McDonald's, so it's not a studio. Yeah. So that was quite it, – it's, it's fun. Like, it's all a laugh. Like, when you're a kid and you're doing that stuff, it's just a laugh. Yeah. And I've seen recently somebody put on one of these um, – one of the groups, an advert that me and Tucker was in. And I didn't even – I didn't even remember doing it. And then you right. look at it and go, I think that's me. I go, that's bloody Tucker. You know? So you even work with some of the people. I mean, uh, uh, Alison that plays Faye Lucas, she, we both used to do, um, we've done a few bits and bobs together. And her mum was actually my chaperone before Grange Hill. Uh, God right. bless her, she's dead now. But um, yes, yeah, so you sort of, you know a lot of these people and you see them at castings and auditions. And then all of a sudden you see them on the telly and go, that's how he's at. I've seen him. I've seen him all the time. He's yeah. like my mate. Sort of yeah. thing. So, yeah. So then, how did you get your part in Grangeville? What was that audition process like? That was. Um, I remember it quite vividly, really. I suppose because it, you know, it was quite a big moment to get uh-huh. such a big sort of yeah. part. But um, I think they'd already picked the geezer that was going to be Jonah, right. and then Phil Redmond sort of went. Mm, I'm not 100% sold on it. So but this is the story I was told anyway. Anyway, so they did a re, they sort of did a re-audition, which I, so I didn't go to any other audition before that. I went to that one. And uh, they sort of, you know, I can't remember how many kids started, but they got it down to sort of six or seven of us. Uh-huh. And then you just had to sort of go in and have an argument with a door as if it was your mum and she wouldn't let you go out or something. It was that kind of vibe. Right. I remember being at the BBC like late because it just went on. It seemed to just go on for hours. And then eventually they sort of come out and went, yeah, you, you've got that part. Because normally they don't do that. You sort of leave and then you'll get a call a few days later to, or you won't get any call because you didn't get it. Right. Um, but I think I remember that one. It was like, yeah, you'd like, you know, they sort of whittled it down until it was just me. And they went, yeah, you're, you're, you've got that gig sort of go. Right, okay. So it's when, very exciting. It's <laughs> like, get in. When you joined, Gainesville was sort of still in its infancy, if you like. What was it like for you joining the programme? It's sort of surreal, because I used to watch Gainesville. Right. So, you know, although I did I did grow up watching Tucker and Benny and Alan and that firm, because they were like the new boys. But, yeah, you're right, it was sort of new and it hadn't, you know, it wasn't. You know, as it progressed, it, you know, you knew it was going to be hard-hitting storylines about kids of today, you know. And yeah. I, you know, loads of people you, you would say, say to me, oh, my mum my, my won't let me watch that. Yeah. For some people, it was just too much. It was too, you know, even though I didn't, you know, I didn't feel it was like that, right? Yeah. But, um, yeah, to then, to then get to get then get the job on it, and then you sort of go to the BBC and you sort of meet, like, all the people you've been watching on telly. It's, yeah. it's just weirds you out. Like, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but they're all sort of you know they're all pretty cool normal people, and and you sort of you know you sort of fall into it pretty easily, and it is it's just like exciting being twelve and going up you know going up the West End, and going to the BBC at White City, which is where they used to film uh-huh. uh, the original ones before they moved to Elstree, and then obviously they took it up to I'm guessing the Liverpool ones were all done up up in Liverpool, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, near Liverpool, they just yeah. Moved the whole show up there, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, you know, it was madness being 12 and being sort of, you know, in a full-time acting gig. was It was madness. So when you were on, on the programme, who were you sort of closest to or, or best friends with, if you like? A lot of us would travel together right. because if you're from a certain area, like uh, 
Dee McDonald, although you all get on when you're there, yeah. you, the people you travel with are the ones you're closest to. There was one of the extras, a geezer called Glenn Spirit. By anyone that was young'uns, we'd all sort of meet at Mile End and then we'd meet our chaperones and then you'd end up going up to up to White City on the central line. Right. So that would be the people you travel with because they're, you know, in your local area. And because Sylvia Young's was sort of East London, um, Lee MacDonald went to Manishur, which was North London. So uh, and there was Barbara Speaks, a lot of kids come from there. So depending on where you came from, that's uh-huh. how you sort of migrated to the studios or to, you know, the location. Right, okay. And what was it like um, working with Lee? Yeah, I mean, we were just 12-year-old boys. It was like mental. And the storylines were quite fun. Yeah. I mean, we, our first episodes that we did, but a lot of the stuff they feel, the location stuff seems to be the stuff they try and get out of the way first, right. maybe depending on what month it is and weather and, you know, their best chance of not, have, you know, getting rained on for, you know, it's the UK. Yeah. You try to do that. <laughs> yeah. The very first episodes we did was the Chessington Zoo ones. So you imagine that being your first couple of weeks <laughs> on Grain Jill. One with sea lions, you're like you're on location. It's just mental. They've got these, uh, they have these massive um, like trucks, food trucks that uh-huh. do all the food on location. Man, it's just, you can have whatever you want, whenever <laughs> you want it. So you'd get these burgers in the morning, you'd go, yeah, I'll have some mushrooms, hang some bacon in there, or do us a sausage. And then it was just, it was just it's mad. I loved it. The, the, the location was best. So you, you, you've just mentioned the um, the Chessington episode. Uh, now, I'm pretty sure everyone listening knows exactly what happens in, in Chessington. There was a, a particular set piece with yourself um, where you end up in, in the sea lion enclosure. <laughs> what was that like? <laughs> How did you feel about getting that? My life, I expected them, you know, these days, I don't think they'd let it happen. But back then... I was thinking there won't be sea lions in it. It'll be one of them things where it's a bit of a blag and they'll show you sea lions and then they'll film it. Yeah. They lions. And then they went, oh, we're just going to, you know, we'll take you in or give you a look around. And I'm sort of going, like the sea lions in there, giving it, yeah, it's a sea lion pond. Like, <laughs> mm, so a bit confused. Like, I'm getting in with the sea lions. They went, oh, yeah. So luckily yeah. enough, I've got a bad swimmer, but I'll tell you, mate, I did some speed. We only took one take, and I was in, and I reckon I would have, mate, I could have been an Olympic gold medalist on the back of that one. I absolutely pants myself. <laughs> I remember what I, I've watched that a couple of times since, and, and I, I thought, like you would have thought, is that, um, yeah, they, won't, they wouldn't have, have filmed it that way. And I'm, I'm not sure, like, um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know if it would happen today. It's like, I'm sure you'd have to sign waivers, and I had no idea. What, what do sea lions do? Do they eat humans? Like, you just, you know, do they, do they have a little nip of a kid because he's coming to their pool? Don't suppose you were sticking around to find out, really, were you? So, <laughs> I nearly just launched straight out of this thing over the fence, boom, like that. Lee caught me in his arms. <laughs> When you, when you were on the programme, was, was there anyone who you you really enjoyed working with? Was there anyone, when you had any scenes or anything, you thought, yes, I'm getting to work with them today? Or were you just just, just no, enjoying the so, moment? For me, for me, my personal, I just I just loved being there. It was just a laugh all the time. So being at the BBC, it was really special. So we'd be right. there filming the same time as things like um, Top of the Pops. 
right? So if you can imagine how big a show Top of the Pops was, because you see, you know, UB40 or Spandau Ballet or um, Bad Manners, and then the next thing you see, like, Buster Blood Vessel bowling through the reception, giving it, giving it, <laughs> giving Jesus Buster Blood Vessel. And we used to, we used to, like, take liberties all over the BBC. We'd just right. sneak in and we, we was always misbehaving. Alison's mum used to, I used to drive her mental, mate, dude. <laughs> her mental, because she was my chaperone. Right. She'd always leave, mate. You've got to turn it in. You've just got to stop it. Be your hygiene, right? <laughs> so, kind of with that, um, what was the relationship sort of between the, the kids and the adults? Like, did the adults after um, the adult actors, were they ever on your case for, for messing about or anything like that? Or was it just you? No, I think when, um, it, when you get quite a lot of downtime, which is when you sort of misbehave, I suppose, more not misbehave. Yeah, we're, we're 12, 13, 14 year old kids. So you're just being kids, right? Yeah. And you do get bored out of your nut. Because, you know, you get stuck in the BBC. You might not, some days you might have one scene. Depending right. on, you know, because a lot of the, if you look at a lot of the episodes, uh, series five and six I was in, some of the, some of the scenes would be, for that episode, would literally be all the stewpot shit. Right. So yeah. you'd only have a couple of little bits, but you want, they call it on call. So you have to go in in case they get to a stage where they're going to do your one scene, but that could take two or three days. Yeah. So you're just basically bumming around the BBC and then after a while you just get a bit bored and you get mischievous. So, which is what they wanted. They wanted 12-year-old company mischievous kids. That's what they got. So were you much different to your character? Because from what you're saying, it doesn't sound like you were any different to him at all. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the toughest gig. No right. accents. <laughs> and you just had to, you know, I was I was a 12-year-old schoolboy playing a 12-year-old schoolboy. And it was like, you know, it was a dream come true. It was the easiest gig ever. Yeah. Because I think you'd had Tucker as a mischievous character. But I think you and Zama were brought in to give it a sort of a different direction, I think. I'll stay away with that episode one of series five with the stink bomb thing. Yeah, right. But, yeah. You know, you've got a kid. And, they, you know, and, it, and I've said this before about uh, Erkin and Roland, like, you know, they, they specifically wanted an oversized kid. It was That was their storyline. And, right. you know, they needed to have, um, you know, the whole thing was about him eating because he didn't like himself or, you know, they, they tried right. to, you know, you know, show real life stuff, right? And him locking himself in the toilet, you know. So it's a serious subject matter. But yeah. then, they all, they, you know, the idea was me and Zamo was sort of just like larrikin. So it's just to put something a little bit light-hearted on it, uh-huh. even though it's, you know, quite a serious subject matter, you know. And if you yeah. watch his storyline, you know, then he's always got, he's got, he's got his little friend, Simone Nylander, um, that played Janet, who's sort of on his side, but also not on his side. Yeah. I think if you go back to the first series, you know, they, they dealt with, racism and how people spoke and kids spoke and then later on they had the racism thing obviously the drugs and kids dying at school you know they uh-huh. you know they went out of their way to be realistic and true about what was going on at the time whether people liked that or not which they obviously did because it became such a popular program but you know it was meant to it was a social culture is what's going on in your local school right yeah. now yeah, that's definitely. what resonated with people because they, you know, you, you all knew it was a Zamo or a Jonah or a Roland or a, you know, whoever, whichever character or a Gripper, you always had, you knew one of them that was at your school. You knew the geezer. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, let, let, that's been said a lot um, about the fact that it's one of the reasons why Phil Redmond wanted to make Green Jill is because schools at, on telly at the time were not showing those sorts of characters. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, not, I mean, even I live in Australia, so there's not, you know, people have discussed it. There's lots of problems over here anyway. So <laughs> on the rare occasion, normally because they've been put up with it, somebody comes up to me and I'm like 52, right? They go, excuse me, mate, were you on Grange Hill? And you just look around and say, well, who's, who's giving you this to come and say it to me? Yeah. <laughs> but there's, there isn't an Aussie version of it. That right. you can really go, oh, yeah, it's, it was a bit like your, because there ain't one, you know. Yeah. So, you know, a bit like the, the US wouldn't do, a bit like when the US, you know, they, they take a program and they spin it. They couldn't really do one because it's just a different, yeah. they, just, they, wouldn't, they just couldn't do it, right? Yeah. So you, you've, you've mentioned um, the Chessington already. Um, was the, Did you have any sort of um, other favourite storylines or episodes, anything like that? Because... You were also involved, as well as the Chessington. Um, for me, the, Jonah not only got up to a lot, but he seems to um, have a lot of good storylines. And he, 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 there was a lot of different things that um, Jonah and Zamo, Zamo got, got up to. Like, So did you have any sort of yeah, favourite episodes? We were kind of lucky, and maybe because we weren't Series 1, and maybe the the, the old purse strings maybe got a little bit looser right. when you got to see five, six, seven, and maybe further on. But you know, um, Chessing and Zoo, we did a an outward bound thing up in Wales that was just you know, from our point of view, not from the acting, but like what a mental trip, you know. What I mean, we've got Wales where you know everything's laid on for you. It was you know, and we did a lot of the you know we stayed at the place and it was an outward bound place, so we literally right. anything the kids did. We was on there doing that during the days. Come on, we'll go up, we'll go tunneling and we'll, you know, it was it was brilliant. It was exactly yeah. what they were filming. It was us just having a brilliant time. Brilliant. And then in series six, we got to meet Jeremy, Jonah, cousin, Jonah's cousin. Now, and I remember at the time thinking, why are they going to another school? Because that 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 just seemed mental to me. But then when I was at school, there was kids who did that. They'd get bored yeah. with their own school and they'd go and, and blag their way into a, <laughs> to someone else's school for a bit. Yeah, look, again, some of the storylines, you'd go, no way, that, that can't be possible. But how would that happen? And then somebody goes to you, yeah, we had people used to do it. Yeah. And, you know, because, you know, if you're next to a posh school and you're at the local comprehensive, you go, well, I'm going to go and check it out. Right? Yeah. Whether you end up sitting in a class and actually joining in, I don't know. But, um Again, the, the side of that storyline was it was a posh school, a bit like the posh school at the in the zoo. There right. was us all messing around, misbehaving. Yeah. And then you've got the, the posh, the posh school, the posh teacher. You know, it was to show those two those two different worlds. You know? Yeah. We didn't really care much of, right? It was just <laughs> love. Um, you know, there was some serious, um, you know, topic that they were looking at. Yeah, you did have Chessington and you did go to the other school. The, you mentioned the Outward Bound course, and there was St. Well, Albans. Been there was yeah, Saint... been there, yeah. <laughs> and St. Albans as well. Yeah, that was another. And again, you, you remember those episodes the most purely and simply because you, you're not stuck in the BBC, which is a little bit just repetitive, same, same. Yeah. So, yeah. You've done two years so far, which, you know, I would imagine most. Most cast members were signed on. They signed on each year. And then Series 7 started. And I, I, I vividly remember this. Because I, what was I then? 83. I was just coming up to my eighth birthday. And I thought, yes, Crane back on. Can't wait to see Zamo and Jonah. Series 7 starts. And the first one of the first major things is Jonah's not there anymore. Jo, Jonah's yeah. moved away. And, and Jeremy, who we, met, 
Jeremy, we met in year six. It was a bit weird because to, uh, when we finished filming series six, the talk was, yeah, series seven is coming up, blah, blah, blah. The problem being that when series seven came up, like, it was like, guess what? We're going to drown you. It's like, <laughs> no, man, you can't be doing that. Seriously, I've got another five years left in me. <laughs> No, so, so for anyone who doesn't know, because I, I think it's been well documented now uh, what actually what actually went down. But for anyone that, that doesn't know, can you explain um, exactly sort of what went on? Yeah, so I suppose at the start of every year they give you an idea of what's happening in the you know in the in the in that show, and they came to me and basically said, "This is what's going to happen to you. This is serious. They're gonna we're looking at drowning someone, um, and it's going to be you." And then, but I suppose, you know, fair enough to them, they give you the head that you don't, they don't make you sign a contract and you go, sweet. So what's happening this year? And they go, guess what? Yeah. They, you know, day one, you die. Um, so they gave us the heads up. And, you know, at the time, I'd missed a lot of school anyway. Um, did I want to be the kid that, dry, that drowned in Grange Hill if I did have aspirations of, of, of acting more? Um, because, it, you know, there is typecasting is a thing. You know, when, you know, whenever you go and get something next, they go, oh, yeah, you're the geezer that drowned in Grand Jill. Yeah, brilliant. Anyway, yeah, no, no thanks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Although sometimes I suppose it could work in your favour. Right. So, um, but anyway, between, you know, and I was 14 or 15, right? So, you know, it wasn't just a decision by me. It was my family had to make that decision. And it was like, well, what do you want to do? And it's like, I don't know. I don't really want to drown. And then I got an offer to do something else for Yorkshire TV. And it wouldn't, you know, so I couldn't do both. But I just sort of bit the bullet and went, look, bollocks drowned someone else. So, <laughs> and I'm sure Jeremy's really happy about it because he got hit on screen time. And now he's the kid that drowned in Granger. Yeah. Did you know Anthony Mengele, who was the script editor at the time, he's actually, he actually wrote about that in his, uh, in his biography. There's a bit where he's written, he, he's talked about the problems that they had because scripts have been written and then it just says, an actor turned down the part um, and scripts had to be hastily rewritten. In your face, Anthony, in your face. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be honest, I didn't know, but, yeah, I suppose they had to because, you know, yeah. that's, the way, that's, that's the way life is, isn't it? I, yeah. I, I just think that's, the, that, that, that's quite a big thing. I think the fact that Anthony Mengele, who went on to be who went on to be this award, uh, Oscar-winning director, you know, suddenly no longer with us. I just think it's great that in his book there's this little bit about your defiance, if you like. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not going to drown. He's just totally slagging me. How, how, how are you feeling? Like, like that's, were, you, were you gutted that you were leaving Granger? Like? Probably it's a bit like that last day of school. If you know it's your last day of school, then the emotion would set in. But I'd left. Like it was, I was at home. I hadn't started the new series. You know, right. I still see, I still saw a lot of the guys and I started dating Lisa York. So right. even when I wasn't in Brain Jill, I used to go out with them all. You know, we used to go up to Limelight and Stringfellows and all that business. Because they were like a ticket to any club in London. Right. So if you go out with Zamo or Faye or... March in any of them, you bowl up to the door and they go, Brandy Yeah, come on in, you come in, you come in. Oh, wow, brilliant. It's yeah, um, madness. So, you know, well, I still used to see him all the time, but did it really sink in? No, not really. It just because I wasn't there, I didn't, I didn't really have to go through the, I didn't have to have a breakup with them. 
Right, I get you, yeah. Yeah. And then, so then you've you've mentioned the whole um, Yorkshire TV. Was that... uh, That was probably... This show was that crap. It ain't even on YouTube. You can't even find it on YouTube. That's so, that bad. So, so what, pro- what program was it then, Lee? That you it's called on? Behind the Bike Sheds. Right. And it was like this. I came in in series, I think it was series two, so there had been a series before. And it was like, it was a school thing, but it had singing in it. And anyone that knows me, yeah, I am a singer. But um, but then again, I also did Bugs Malone when yeah. I was... Well, I was going to mention that because you were saying that. And that was singing and dancing as no. well. And it's like, what idiot cars doing that? You played Bugsy Malone in that, did you? No, 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 no. It was uh, a, another kid. But I had, like, I had a few parts. I was a, an understudy for Fat Sam. And I was one of the older ones because I did it with Tim Polly. All right, enough. yeah. Um, he was in my car, in my, because because we were all under 16 or whatever it was, you could only do X amount of shows. Uh-huh. So they sort of had different groups all trained right. up so it would be group one group two group three and they sort of rotated it through like that but uh, again yeah, like singing and dancing but I suppose that's what we used to do at Youngins at uh, Sylvia Youngs so it wasn't like I hadn't had any totally any experience of singing or dancing I was, yeah. I was just crappy so. and was that production was that the Mickey's All Ends one yeah yeah because I, I, I remember I remember at the time that was massive there was all it was all over the, it was all over kids TV and the news that they were looking for people to be in it, like, yeah. I was quite a big fan of the monkeys as well. Right. So, and I just used, and then, so meeting, meeting someone like Mickey Delens, it is, again, it's not that one you go, you know, and, and he was instructing us, so it wasn't, you don't just meet him, like you're working with him. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's hard sometimes to get your head around it when you go home on the train and you're listening to the monkeys giving it. It's been <laughs> all day, you know. So, I know you probably don't really want to talk about this, but just going back to behind the bike sheds, did you have to move up there or was it filmed? No, we just used to stay in a hotel um, right. somewhere. Let's just say it was Yorkshire. I think it was Yorkshire. <laughs> um, which, again, was brilliant because I was like, I think I was like 16. Another guy in it was a London boy called Linus Staples. And, again, it was just when you're not working, we were just misbehaving all the time. Right. Uh, I, might even been, I, might, I can't remember how old I was, but it was old enough that we could sneak booze in and all that game, right? Right, so, okay. <laughs> Brilliant. When when you look back at those the sort of the last sort of episodes of of series six, Jonah was starting to sort of become a little bit alienated, wasn't he? Um, there was a few things that had gone on with um, the referendum on flexi time. You know, he he he'd done all the tampering with that, and uh, then the, the scruffy McGuffy march. Everyone was annoyed with him because his banner. Which I, I watched it the other night because <laughs> in preparation for this, and I thought, are they really getting that angry with him because he couldn't fit the word, he couldn't fit the letters on the banner with him? But he was, he was becoming alienated with someone, and I think that was how they were going to sort of. Yeah, look, um, I suppose it's not anything I've dwelt, I've dwelt on or really bothered about, but did Phil Redmond know when he was writing Series Six that he yeah. was going to chop it Series Seven? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> right, but, okay. But I'm sure in some of the hate mail I've sent him since. I'm, I'm <laughs> that's not true. Not true. I did ask him if he wanted to put me in Hollyoaks, but he didn't want to put me in that either. No. But, well, you didn't get in Hollyoaks, but you did uh, turn up in um, EastEnders as well. So because after you've left Grange Hill, you've done behind the bike sheds and, and that, but then you're also turned up in, in EastEnders for a, a very short I've been while. In, so me and me and Lisa York had gone to Australia, so we travelled. I'm guessing was around about 
89. Right. Um, and we came back around about 91, 92, uh, sort of up to Australia and then through the States and back. Um, and I remember just thinking, sorry, what am I going to do? I don't really want to be grown up and get a proper job again. No. So, um, so I phoned up um, the agency and said, listen, what's going on? Can you get me any work? Is there any auditions on? And I did go for a few auditions. And weirdly enough, you go and see people you haven't seen for 20 years or 10 years, yeah. and they're still banging about. They have no luck, and they're still working part-time and still doing all the auditions. Because, you know, it's like anyone. You only need one decent part, and that could be you made. Yeah. If you, you know, there's a lot of actors. It's a tough gig. But if you don't get any work or you only get a sporadic bit of work here and there, you've got to pay the bills. So you've got to go and, you know, be a waiter or, you know, something that's a bit flexible because yeah. you have to keep going to these auditions. So you can see how people end up topping themselves probably. It's just, you know, it's very soul-destroying. Um, but anyway, so Ronnie, who was my agent, uh, Sylvia Young's, she basically said, I'll go and I'll put a few feelers out and see how we go. Anyway, she came back about a week later and went, I've got you a gig, EastEnders, two episodes. You don't even have to audition. And I went, boom, I love it. <laughs> and again, that was mad because you go, you know, it's, oh, what, you, everyone used to watch EastEnders. Yeah. And then you, next thing you're on set. So, you know, with Ricky and, and all that, it was mad. It was, I loved it. That, that really was. And then Tucker was on it again. Yeah. Um, and... And I had a good decent night out with Tucker, um, which was which was really really funny because I hadn't seen him for years, and you know he only knew me as a sort of 12, 14 year old boy. Next thing we're both on EastEnders, and it's like, come on, let's go, let's smash up North London. Yeah, mate, let's go. <laughs> and, so I remember getting in some locking in some boozer at the Angel. It was like a funny funny night, and again surreal when you wake up in the morning and go, what did you do last night? Oh, you just went out with Tucker and that, you know. <laughs> and and do, do you call <laughs> them people? Do you call him Tucker when you're, when you're talking to him? Yeah, it's just been like, sometimes you get confused about real, Mark Fowler, isn't it? Um, yeah. You get confused about people's real names, their stage names. It's like, oh, when is it? Uh, anyway, but no, somebody will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you've done that, you've done EastEnders. What do you do next? That was it. I went, um, what did I do? I've moved back to Australia. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah, look, you know what? I think... I don't know if I really ever had aspirations of being a massive actor. Right. Because I just don't think, I, I just didn't like the hard work. The actual acting, I didn't mind doing. But just the, the data, I mean, it's, it, it is a tough gig. Like, uh -huh. hat off to anyone who keeps going and keeps going and keeps going looking for that lucky break. Because it doesn't always come, you know? Yeah. And you've got, to be, you've got to be dedicated and you've got to really, really want it because you've got to do all the other stuff to follow that dream, right? Yeah. And for me, you know, I had a fairly decent education. I went into the city straight after school and I traded foreign exchange. When I moved to Australia, I got a job on the futures market because a mate of mine was working there. So I traded here for 10 years. Okay. And then life just evolved, you know. You know I just started, uh, a few of us um, moved over to Greece for five seasons because we had a bar and a restaurant on an island right. called Skiaphos, which again was just extending my life holiday. by <laughs> sort, of, sort of working which was, you know, running a bar. But back then as well, this was uh, 95 to 2000. Like, working behind a bar that you owned, all you did was drink and just play up. It was like, again, it was just like being on Grange Hill again. It was like, <laughs> who, who can do the most outrageous thing tonight? Yeah. It's well, you never know. 
you you have basically just lived your life as Jonah Jones, haven't you? Really, because I, I, that's exactly what I I imagine him what he would have done as well. Yeah, well, I think I've, maybe I think I've lived my life as me, but it just so <laughs> happens it's a lot like Jonah Jones. So. And so, while all this was going on, were you still in touch with anyone? Because I know you said after you left, you were in touch with the cast. But were you, did you say stay sort of in, in touch with them um, through? Yeah, all I mean, I did for quite, I did for quite a while, and I still, even now, um, you know, I'll message uh, Lee or Erkin every so often. Um, if I'm back in the UK, I try and catch up. Um, I saw it last time, I, or the last two times I was back. About Erkin coming out to drink. Um, right. I normally have like a booze up somewhere, so people yeah. sort of float in and flow out. But yeah, I mean, everyone's you know, everyone's busy. Everyone's doing their own thing. You know, we've all got family and friends, and it was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. So, and, and, you know, we we didn't get we did we sort of went to school together, but we didn't go to school together. We don't live in the same area. Me and Lee used to go on holiday quite a lot, so. Our, our families did become quite close because we had to, you know, we've stuck in each other's pockets 24-7 for two years. So um, these mum and dad used to come and stay stay over ours. We'd all go out, we'd go to Southend, or, and, and I used to go away with them sometimes because um, I've been to the King's holiday camp down at um, down Southend with Lee. We've had, and you fancy going on holiday with Zamo. Like, it's like, leave me out. They go, that's Jonah. Jesus Christ, it's Zamo. Like, <laughs> It, it, it was like it's again. It's surreal when you're going on with Zamo and he's going, "Oh, with Jonah." Yeah, I mean, you noticed everywhere you go. Like at that age, like it, 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 it can also be it, it can be good, but it can be a bit of a curse because it's like sometimes it's like, "Mate, just leave me alone." You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You can imagine how really famous people must get. But but that 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 would have been. I think that would have been quality for kids to have seen. Zamo and Jonah on holiday together. That would have been uh, that would have been amazing. Yeah, and we both we were both fairly grounded, so neither of us were sort of walking about like dickheads, giving it check me out. Well, we, well for a start, we was at was at a really crap holiday camp. So <laughs> we, we weren't like we was in Los Angeles giving it Johnny Pink yeah. bananas. It was at Canberra Sands or something, just in the Butlins. Yeah. So, uh, but funny, yeah, funny. So what 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 do you do now? Then how, how, how's your life moved? Covid, mate. Covid has <laughs> just put the bummers on us all, isn't it? So yeah. I thought we'd avoided it in Australia, but right. turns out we didn't. <laughs> so yeah, the Delta strain. I'm, I am working audio visual, so I work at a couple of hotels, Intercontinental, at Circular Key, which is so where the hotel is. One side is the bridge, and the other side is the Opera House. They're fairly okay. fairly important buildings uh, yeah, in and- Sydney. How long, how long How long? have you lived in Australia for then? Yeah, I came over in 89, went backwards and forwards a lot until 2000. And then my ex-partner um, got pregnant. And then it was like, right, where are you going to bring up a kid? East London or Sydney? That's <laughs> right. Easily made. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so we moved to Sydney and, you know, she and my ex was, was from um, a place called Maroubra. So that's sort of, sort of it. And when I first came to Australia with um, Lisa, I sort of I, I loved London. And when you're sort of a young man in London, London's a brilliant place, clubs and parties and just having a laugh. But then when you get a bit older and you're thinking about lifestyle and where, you know, Sydney's an unbelievable place. Australia is like mad. And the weather, it is nice to, to you know, I've almost forgotten what jackets are. Right. <laughs> it's, it's like that, like you know, you only wear trousers for about a month, 
because it's all sorted. You know, it, it, it's a, it's a, if, if you've never been, when this COVID bullshit stops, it's a magical place and definitely worth a visit. So, just touching on COVID, then are you are you locked down at the minute? Then, and see Yeah, we're locked down. I'm lucky because um, I've been working in the building industry for a while. Last, like literally, so we had a lockdown end of twenty twenty. Right. I think it happened in like March, and I think we literally got locked down for seven months. But during that period, I mean, the events industry. Literally, they just closed the doors, locked the key, and just went, you're done. Right. So, yeah, I had no choice. And a mate of mine's a carpenter. So he said, oh, I've got some work. If you come and work with me. So literally, I'm, I'm back to doing that at the moment. So uh-huh. that industry is still working and going ahead. So, right. yeah, I'm probably the oldest uh, apprentice chippy in Australia. <laughs> but you've got to do what you got to do, right? So just a, a few more questions for you then, Lee. Other than Jonah Jones... Who do you think was your favourite character on the show? I love Stupart. He was always... <laughs> Mark Burgess is such an absolute gem of a human. Very funny. Yeah. Um, I think my first crush was Precious. Right. Yeah, I don't know. There's something about her. Um, but, you know, like for, for my year, looking at the older lot, like it's the same as when you were watching it. You, you start, you know, the lot yeah. of the forums, the same stuff that we used to say, like, cool, oh, mate, have a look at that one. Yeah. Sort of thing. I know people would have gone, there's no way you can remember that. It's 35 years ago. You know? Yeah, I did. No, but, but I, I think as well, as you just said there, because of because of the time that you had filming that episode, because of the affection you've got for that time filming the episode, I imagine that you probably, it's one of those things you would remember. Yeah, you do. And I suppose, you know, you get to learn. I've, I've, get, I've definitely still got all the scripts. I think my mum must have it in her flat. Right. You, you, you sort of, you do, the first week is reading through the scripts and getting, you know, used to the to the, the actual what's happening in that. They sort of did, did two at a time. Right. And then, you know, the next two weeks is filming them. So it's, yeah, you, you, you certainly, and some of the storylines did used to resonate with you, and they are more. Some of them, like I've, I've, some people go on about the badges. I hated wearing them badges, man. Yeah. <laughs> They were like, it's like, I don't even remember about, I don't even know what that story was about. Just remember having to look like the pearly king and queen and hating it. Yeah, you were, you were wearing a lot of badges in that episode, I remember, if, if anyone's yeah. seen it. So, was there any other character that you would have liked to have played? Was there anyone you thought, oh, he's got a, he's got a cracking bit there? Like, was, was, there, was there anyone like that? Maybe, maybe as they, as they continue. I mean, Zano, you know, God bless him, had a wicked, wicked storyline. Yeah. Although incredibly, um, Incredibly tough and, yeah. and obviously well acted because it ain't easy to play a junkie if you're totally, you know, this is a fit geezer who used to box and whatever. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they go, guess what you're going to be doing next week? going to get you on heroin. It's like, yeah. okay, I'm going to have to do some research because I've got no idea what you, you know, Lee wouldn't even smoke a cigarette. Like, right. you know? But again, you know, he's an actor. So he obviously, he obviously did whatever he needed to do to learn, you know, what they look like, how, you know, what, 
you know, how it would affect your body, uh-huh. you know, and then, and then a fair bit of makeup, I'm guessing. So, cool. but yeah, I mean, some of them storylines were pretty good, you know, and I, I did, I mean, seven years, you know, one, you know, all the way through. Yeah. Like, that's a tribute. And they fly you to the States to do the just say no. <laughs> so so you would have liked to have been Zamo, is that what is that what you're saying there? Like <laughs> No, not really. <laughs> but, you know, I don't you sort of I don't I have never thought of it like that. Who if you weren't Jonah, who would yeah. you have wanted to be? It's like, well, I sort of can't really I was Jonah, that's it. But yeah. I suppose if from outside you go, right, which one of them do you want to be? You go, yeah. I want to be Tucker. I want to be, you know, Stoom Pot, I want to be yeah. want to be Tucker. Yeah. Which I still see on a lot of them because we're obviously on Grange Hill Facebook pages, right? Uh-huh. And the arguments are still out there. Like people are still <laughs> not giving it. No, mate, don't start with that. He was rubbish. He was much better than he was. And people still get a little bit motivated about it. Well, so why do you think then there is such still such affection for Grange Hill? Why do you think people are talking about it still this day? Well, look, I suppose the fact it lasted for as long as it did. Uh-huh. It's testament to the, to the show and how it resonated with people. But I think it was, it's the same as, you know, when you see Mr. Ben or you see, you know, all the shows that we grew up with yeah. that weren't the Wiggles, you know, God bless them, they love <laughs> But when you've got four kids like, and you've had to do four lots of the Wiggles, like, you know, <laughs> watching shows, watching those shows, you know, it's a bit like when you hear a certain piece of music and that and the grand deal, wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Resonates again, and you can almost go back to a, a time. You know, it will take you back to that spot. And you go, yeah, Granger used to run over and watch that, or you know, EastEnders, or you know, Emmerdale Farm, or Crossroads, yeah. or whatever your whatever your thing is. It takes you back to a time. And look, we're all, we ain't getting no younger. It's nice to look back at when you was you know in your heyday. Yeah. Right. Well, Lee, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's been absolutely great, as I say. Uh, you've always been my favourite character, so I'm just made up to have this opportunity to speak to you. And for any, for those of you who are listening, um, I'll speak to you next time. Thank you very Brilliant. much. Brilliant. Cheers, Chapman. Love your work, mate.